Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com podcast. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is Seth Green. Today, I have the great good fortune to be interviewing none other than Neil Patel. Neil is a famous entrepreneur, analytics expert, and investor. He is best known as the founder of Crazy Egg, Hello Bar, Kiss Metric, and plenty of others. Neil, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Let's go back in time a little bit. You weren't always a household name. How did you get started? Sure. So um, I've just been doing this for, whew, I'm going on 17 years now. No, 20 years, 20 years. I haven't calculated in a while, but I've been doing this for 20 years. So the, what I always tell people is if you give a lot of value, you do something long enough, you help people out, you eventually build a name, whether it's a corporate name or a personal name within a space. It just takes time. And it's funny, you know, people always overestimate what they can do in like a short period of time, like a year or two. But when you really drag it out to five, 10, 15 years, people typically do the opposite, which they underestimate what they can do. Absolutely. So what was the genesis of the first or the first company? My very first company was called Advice Monkey. It was a job board. It failed miserably. <laughs> and it started out because I was trying to find a high paying job online at monster.com and career builder and sites like that. And I couldn't. So I just created my own job board, which was silly, but that was my first business. Well, it's almost like, you know, you, you take a look at, you know, someone like Mark Zuckerberg who started a network. Um, part of part of the reason, at least in the media, is portrayed as he couldn't get into the club, whatever he wanted to get into, so he started his own. I love that you started a job board. I don't think that story gets told enough. Um, and then, obviously, you've got some amazing, amazing programs that have 
influenced industries. Um, talk a little, how did Crazy Egg, Hello Bar, and Kiss Metrics come about? So Crazy Egg is back in the day had a marketing agency. I still have one today. Um, it's a new one though. It's been around for a while now. It's called NP Digital. But back in the day, I had an old marketing agency that crashed in 2008. Um, hi, baby. Yes, daddy will play with you in a bit. Uh, I gotta love COVID. Um, but back in the day when I had my first advertising agency, what we found is customers didn't understand what was causing conversions on their site. They're spending all this money on ads and SEO and they're like, oh, we don't get why some people convert while others don't. So crazy it was to help them visualize why people are engaging and why others are not and what they need to change to get more conversions. Hello Bar ended up being an acquisition. Uh, it was co-founded or created by a company called Digital Telepathy. Eventually we ended up buying it. We didn't do much with it. Eventually we ended up getting rid of it. Um, didn't really make money on that. Didn't lose money. It was just more so got rid of it um, just because you know, when you buy something, if you don't do any integrations or focus on it, it's not going to do any better. And uh, yeah, and then other than that, you know, focus all my time these days on NP Digital, which is my current ad agency. And having provided software, obviously, that helps agencies um, and companies, what inspired you to restart to start another one? Uh, software ad agency, or, or which, which one are you asking? Restart the software company or ad agency? Uh, I'm talking about the ad agency. Uh, what encouraged me is just, I enjoy it. I love the aspect of learning. So here's the beautiful part about ad agency. People are hiring you to do better marketing for them and help them grow. And, you know, we've been doing this long enough where we typically know before we go into a project, what we can end up doing, the results we can end up providing. But by working with hundreds of different businesses in different industries, I myself as an individual, I'm learning so much. It's improving my skills and making me a better marketer. And that's what I love about it. More than anything else, that's my favorite aspect. I really do learn so much each and every single day because every new company, you know, uh, uh, big corporations going after startups that are disrupting them or startups that are going after big conglomerates, right? Like you just learn so much in all these different scenarios. Absolutely. So what are some of the biggest lessons, some of the biggest mistakes you've seen companies make when trying to navigate, you know, that customer acquisition online? The big thing that co companies make is they're like, oh, we got this money and we're just going to go spend it and acquire customers. And they don't understand their LTV of their customers, their churn rates, how to keep their customers around for a long time or repeat purchases. Let's say if you're in e-commerce, how many people are re buying again and again and again, which all affects your marketing. Or they don't understand the funnel, which is another big mistake because ad costs are continually rising. If you don't have proper use of upsells and downsells and maximizing your cart value, it's just harder to generate a return and keep up with all the other people who are continually spending more. Um, another big mistake that companies make of all sizes um, this is less of a mistake that we're seeing now. We used to see this mistake years ago. People believe that you can grow and get a lot of traffic through content marketing, which is true. But they believe you write content and that's it. And then you get the traffic and then you have to do anything more. But they forget two things. If you don't update your content, eventually a lot of it starts decaying and it doesn't maintain its traffic levels and it actually goes down. And two, it's not a simple formula where normally if you had 100 visitors and one converted into a customer... Through content marketing, if you 10 times your traffic, you don't maintain the same ratios. You get the traffic, and what most people don't realize is, is 
their conversion rates tank. They're making a little bit more sales than what they used to, but they don't focus on converting those visitors into customers and you have to do a lot of CRO to actually make that happen. It doesn't mean the formula doesn't work. It's a two-step process. One aspect of content marketing, you have to get the traffic. Another aspect, once you get the traffic, is you have to focus on the conversion part, which is very different than converting traditional visitors uh, to buy your product or become a lead. Absolutely. What are, are you tracking? I'm sure you are. Do you have any way to tell how many, um, how much data is going through your systems and your software so that literally like you're responsible for X billion impressions or kind of rates or stuff like that? I don't have a number like that, but it, it has to be in the billions. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, some of your software programs have been used millions and millions of times. How did, you talked about establishing a reputation. Um, how were you able to grow your companies to be so successful? What were some of the secrets behind that? So I originally, I thought it was gonna be SEO and doing our own marketing. But what really has been the best way to grow is word of mouth and by just being in business long enough and providing an amazing product or service. That really beats out all channels for most companies that we see. When you really want to start scaling word of mouth and doing what's best for your customers and really putting them first, even if it loses you a lot of money in the short run, is what genuinely causes companies to grow faster for the long haul. I'm not talking about getting 10 million or 5 million. I'm not even talking about getting 10 million. Like once you start wanting to get bigger and bigger than that, a lot of it comes down to your reputation and how good of a service or product you have. What are some of the creative ways you've seen companies try and scale word of mouth? Everything from more TV ads. And like, oh, if we do TV ads, more people will know about us. Uh, advertising, marketing. But the best word of mouth spreading or virality that we've seen is companies giving away stuff for free that others charge for that spread more word of mouth than anything else. And that's more effective than quote unquote paying for marketing. Absolutely. What have been some of your sources of inspiration? What do you read? Who do you listen to? Who do you watch to keep yourself inspired? Yeah, sure. So, uh, I watch a lot of CNBC, um, economists, CNN, uh, in marketing, search engine land, Moss, uh, Backlinko, search engine journal, the list goes on and on. Um, industry sites, more like, uh, technically not industry, but entrepreneur sites like Forbes, Fortune, uh, Entrepreneur, TechCrunch, a lot of those kind of sites as well. You've been at the forefront, um, the cutting edge for a long time. Um, where do you think the puck is going next? What changes do you see coming? The big change I see coming in the next few years is AI. AI is going to automate so many things where you don't need as much staff and things can get really automated over time. Um, how has COVID affected your business? COVID has helped. It slowed down our business at the beginning. It helped grow a little bit, but I think it's back to normal to pre-COVID levels for our business. Right now, I think we're in a slump because everyone's traveling and we're B2B. What are some of the biggest opportunities coming for you? What are you most excited about? I would say just continually doing what we're doing. We're not trying to do anything new um, in the next few months or even a year. We're just trying to double down on what's working. Um, we've been spending a lot of money in R&D on AI. 
So we should have better releases for that in the next year or so, six months at the latest, but year to be more safe or something that's much better. Um, we're doubling down on doing more things for free and releasing more free tools. That's worked out well for us. So strategies like that. Those make a lot of sense. You have been so successful for so long. What's your biggest challenge now? Recruiting. I think we have like 60 something job openings. That is, you need to start another job board. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? I love working with amazing people, both customers and internal team members. Um, and I love learning from them. I learned, I love teaching them, you know, and I just love creating a little mini family. That is beautiful. What is your, the favorite thing you've, you talked about your love of learning and getting to iterate. What has been one of the biggest things you've learned in the last couple of years? Last couple of years has been patience. <laughs> I had kids a few years ago and that's the biggest thing I've, I, I've uh, learned because like, if I would tell my daughter, don't do this, like, I don't believe in hitting kids, but like, let's say if I, if I tell them like, don't do this and don't do that, my daughter would actually start saying sorry and start getting sad. And I learned that, you know, like I need better patience. I need to learn to communicate better with her and keep in mind that she's young and have a better way of having her understand what I'm really trying to say. And uh, as a parent, I don't want her to feel sad when I tell her something, even if it's something small, I want her to more look at it as opportunity of like, oh, cool, I can improve on this. Um, but that really hit me, you know, like when your kid puts their head in the pillow and says, sorry, and I don't yell at my kids, right? But I'm stern if I really need to be. But like, I don't want my kid to be, feel bad when I tell them something. And I don't want to be that mean parent. Um, and I've learned that, you know, repeating something two, three times isn't effective. It makes them feel bad. They still keep doing it. I have to learn to adjust my approach and find new ways to communicate the message so they understand and can comprehend it. Um, and that's been working better. And, you know, my daughter now doesn't really say sorry to me. And I like that because I don't want her to feel sorry for me telling her something because it just makes me feel bad as a parent. I, I totally understand. As a, as a father of three, I get it. How have you found that the lesson you learned in improving your communication with your communication with your kids, how has that benefited you at work? Uh, that's a good point. I don't think it's really adjusted at work because at work, you know, when, when you explain something two, three times, or sometimes I'll be able to show them, it's, it's helped them. But with my child, I couldn't necessarily replicate what I was doing at work. Because some of the times when I would try to explain things to my daughter, I would just try to show her, but it didn't always click because she was just too young. And what I learned is uh, using analogies or some sort of explanation or, um, you know, if I would tell her, don't do this, you're going to get hurt and just, you know, say it louder and try to protect her and stop her. Sometimes I know this sounds bad if they're not really going to get hurt much at all. And it's going to be something little where they're like, just whine or say, ouchie. Sometimes you actually got to let them experience things in life. So they learn themselves and you can't like be that parent chasing them around. Like I remember my kid, we'd go to a park and I literally follow her like a hawk and just make sure nothing would happen. And now like, you know, 
sometimes let her trip. It's not a big deal. She doesn't really get bruises or really many scrapes or anything like that. But like, then she knows when I say watch out for like what it really means. And I found that if you let them be kids and let them experience, sometimes they learn from it quicker than if you just keep telling them things. That, that's beautiful. I love it. Um, thank you so much for sharing not only the business stuff, but opening up about parenting as well. For our folks who are watching or listening, where is the best place for them to go to learn more about all things Neil Patel? NeilPatel.com or my ad agency, NP Digital. Awesome. This has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Neil Patel. Neil, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.